Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Welcome, Rory. Paul, it is great to be here. Thanks for having me here, my friend. I'm glad you're here. We're going to talk more about how coaching can impact people in a real Mm -hmm. positive manner. And you've seen this happen. I mean, that's why we do this podcast because, I mean, you live this, you breathe this, you do this. Yeah, this this is the way my career has projected uh, going forward because I just love doing it. And the results I get are just so good with the clients and, and to see them grow and progress and to see managers, you know, not to do 70 hours of easy, as we said in the last podcast, yeah. working all those hours and learning how to delegate to people, learning how to coach them and have them take over responsibilities and seeing their staff grow. Um, that's the key. I, I love it. I get geeked up. Uh, it's much better than a paycheck. You can't get that in a paycheck, that kind of satisfaction of seeing people grow and expand so everyone should try coaching no doubt and there's some ways that maybe it doesn't work sometimes that's what you talk about this week you know i talk about coaching so often and say what a what a great tool it is what a great skill it is uh, but to be realistic we got to talk about why it fails okay and what are the what are some of the keys of of why it fails and and one of the first ones i, I was just on the phone with a client overseas uh, prior to this podcast and and uh, uh a young woman who's a manager uh we had an employee who resigned, and and she w- was uh, coaching him, uh, you know, prior to it, trying to get him to be successful and work with him and all of that kind of stuff. And he he was great. He gave her all of the right answers. He had like gone to how to how to respond to coaching questions, mm-hmm. you know, one on one for employees. And so she'd ask him the questions, and he said all the right things. And so she thought she was making progress. <laughs> and then, like two weeks later, he resigns, and then the exit interview was just venom. You know, it was just. Oh, wow. Everything that was wrong with the organization, everything that was wrong with her, everything that was going on. And so, um, you know, obviously the coaching failed and she was wondering, you know, what's happening? And of course, one of the things I teach managers is, you know, retrospective coaching. And that is when things go wrong or things happen, you know, take some time to reflect and see what's happening. You go back and, and take a retrospective uh, analysis of the situation. And so uh, she did. She said, what's going on? What's happening? Mm-hmm. And so she encouraged, she brought all of her employees in and she said, you know, tell me your perception of of uh, that person's leaving. Um, you know, here are some of the things that they said uh, in the exit interview, and I want to know what people think of that. And uh, and she got, you know, and she said basically they were relieved that he was gone. Oh, yeah, and 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 reinforced her thoughts of the process, but she was able to get you know make a connection with them, and not that they were celebrating he was gone. Uh, you never want to do that that somebody leaves or quits or anything like that, but. There is a sense of relief sometimes when, <clears throat> pardon me, when somebody changes a job or moves on mm-hmm. that uh, it made it easier for the department because what was happening, that person was just not living up to their level of production they right. should. And so that's the key. I, I like to say that a lot of times things like that is just not the right fit. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, and having someone leave and find the right fit is better for everybody. Right. I mean, at the moment, you think, oh, I lost my employee. But right. in the long term, it's better for everybody involved. Yeah. I've got a client, her, and she's a COO, and, and I, I think she's just a hoot. She's got over her door. Uh, so when the employee's walking out, uh, through this is the doorway of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and you can go out and work here, and that'll be happiness. Uh-huh. Or you can leave here and like go that. find happiness somewhere. But through this door, I'm going to help you help encourage you find you happiness. happiness. You know, we can either do it here, or we can do it elsewhere. But I'm going to, you know, through this door, you're going to find That's happiness. Very good. And I just, I just love that uh, that concept. But 
in that process of having a discussion and having other uh, folks, uh, you know, involved in it, because I, when I do my coaching with with team coaching, we actually say, what are some of the challenges? What are some of the issues? What are some of the the, the, the issues that you face? And so they tell real life stories. And so she told this real life story about this employee who, you know, she tried to coach him. He told her all the right things. He leaves. The exit interview is very, very bad. And, you know, and then what do we learn from that? And one of the one of the other managers piped up and said, you know, uh, I think it's clear that sometimes coaching doesn't work. And that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And there's one of the one of the most compelling reasons for why coaching doesn't work is guess what? Uh, well, I'll, actually, I'll I'll say this from a, I'll tell a, a little bit of a a little bit of a joke. But okay, you, you've heard the old joke. How many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but you can almost see forty of them around. Right. Can't you just immediately right. tell them it's got to take about forty of them? But you know, but the light bulb's got to be willing to change. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> nice. And nice. it's terrible when I laugh at my own jokes. Isn't right. it? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. But but the key is there. The key is there. Um, you know, if you don't have an employee uh, that you're working with that wants to change, there's right. nothing you can do. Right. And what she recognized in that process is that, you know, in, employees don't, you know, sometimes they tell you everything they want that you want to hear. They really don't want to change. Mm-hmm. They don't put much effort into that change and don't. And then they leave and sometimes they spew venom and, and leave you feeling, Wow. Um, but the thing that I that I liked about her was she really wanted to see him succeed, and she said, "I see a pr- tremendous potential in him. He just never saw tremendous potential in himself here." Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe by her continuing to say, "You know, you can do this," or "You know, I, I see potential in you," he may have said, "Hey, I'm going to go out somewhere else and and work," and and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with an employee moving on, but we truly want them to move on uh, better than we found them. And right. she she didn't have that sense that they were moving on better than she found them. So. Uh, that's when coaching, you know, coaching cannot fix everything. And I just think that's uh, an important key. Is it a great tool? Absolutely. Do I love it? Yes. Uh, can it help you uh, improve your managerial skills? No question about it. Does it fix everything? No, because mm-hmm. it's not a panacea for everything. And I just think that's important to see that it does, in fact, fail sometimes. And what are the characteristics of it failing? So that makes sense. Yeah. So the first characteristic of people, why it fails is the the person just wanna, doesn't want to, they resist change. They resist the process. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be involved. And, and that's one of the things I look at when I'm looking at clients. <clears throat> I had a client send me a, a call me recently and ask me for a proposal. And I said, <laughs> I mean, I, I can send her, you know, and I did. I sent her a, a list and things like that. And I said, but, you know, I really, I'm, you're not buying a car here. You know, we're really getting into a, a long-term relationship mm-hmm. professionally that, it's got to be beneficial for for both of us. And, and what I'm looking at, you know, what she's looking at, can I fulfill the responsibilities that she wants from sales training and, and sales coaching perspective? And there's no doubt I can do that. And I can show her clients and, I can, and I've got references. But the other side of the equation is, are they right for me? Right. You know, right. is this a good fit? Because um, I'm at the age where I want to succeed. And I know those components of success. And those components of success are they really, really want this. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if if their senior management team wants somebody else to do this and not to play a, leader, a leadership role into it, guess what? It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. That CEO, that senior leadership team, it's got to be like a, a world-class rowing mm-hmm. team. They've all got to row in the same direction. They've got to be synchronized. They ought to be going to the target. Right. But if you have one f- person on that senior leadership team that – drills a hole in the boat. <laughs> okay. It's going to be a problem. Yeah, it doesn't, and it doesn't take much of a hole, right. okay? It doesn't take right. much of a hole. I mean, it, it just, it, a quarter-inch drill, bzz, and right. all of a sudden, you got water. 
You know, there's no longer displacement. So that's the key. Or if they leave the oar in the water and they don't row at all, um, then there's no way that you can be a world-class team at that point. You're, you're way below your potential. And that's what I see in organizations. So when I work with them, I, I, I'm looking from both perspectives. But, but that's what you want to look at, too, with your employees. Is does that employee really want the coaching? Right. Do they really want to improve? If they don't, coaching is going to fail. It, it doesn't matter how, you know, it's like a marriage. If one of those two people don't try it's not going to work. Not going to work. Both people got to be working at it. And so that's the, the, the other key. Another reason that the coaching fails is the organization is not a safe place to admit uh, one's Ooh, vulnerabilities. Yeah. Uh, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was safe until you said, I made a mistake. Right. And then, whoa, what? who said you can make mistakes around here? So, yeah, then once those vulnerabilities are l- listed, uh, you're, you're done. And that, then, obviously, characteristics that look promising at first actually uh, have bigger disorder issues. Ooh. So you start out, it looks good, and then all of a sudden you start to hit some rough spots, and then you start to hit some potholes, and then you realize the bridge is out. And this trip's not going any further. And, and that can happen for a whole host of reasons. Uh, it can be leadership. It can be the management team. It can be the employee now is looking at another job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the headhunter called them, and they said, hey, I'm, I'm good. I'm checking out. Uh, it just all depends. Uh, people are getting close to the end of their career and they're taking their foot off the accelerator. You know, mm-hmm. how can you coach somebody who's um, toward the end of their career and they don't want to improve at all? You know, right. they, just, they just don't want to get better at it. They quit and stay. <laughs> yeah. They're still getting the check. Right, and, right. But they're not having it mail it to you. You know, right. they're actually showing up for it. <laughs> right, right. But, um, and then the, then the last one, the person being coached is looking for an easy solution rather than building the skills necessary to solve the problem themselves. Because really in coaching, what you want to do is build the skills for that individual to solve the problems. Mm-hmm. And what they really want you to do is be a consultant and tell me what the answer is. And that, that helps no one. Right. You know, you, you spent years as a consultant or as a, as a coach to develop the skills to tell them the answer. Um, but really what you do is draw it out of them so that, you know, the thought bubbles over their head, that they're thinking about it. And so where is that thought bubble is a great question in your coaching environment. And if they don't want to have that thought bubble over their head, guess what? It's not going to work. So that employee really has to buy into it. Mm-hmm. And what are those things to do to make to help them buy into it? I mean, you can't. I mean, you can lead a horse to water, but you right. can't make them drink. Right. What are the things to do to lead them that way? I don't know if it's the, the things to do to lead them that way, or it's the things to recognize: is this a horse that wants to? Is this a horse that wants to run? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like Secretariat, one of the greatest racehorses of all time, uh, and then when it won by. Uh, by what 18 links 20 links or something like that if you've ever heard the jockey talk about that he actually said i literally let go of the reins oh wow i let this horse go yeah so before on all the other races when they won the the kentucky derby and then they won uh, what's the the is it the belmont stake or the preakness is the preakness second one. and the belmont yeah. yeah won the preakness you know rode that horse uh, you know basically drove it uh-huh. and then said you know here's the belmont let's let's see what uh, this horse can do literally laved off the reins and just let this horse run and guess what just blew the field away mm-hmm. and so i just think that's you know you've got to find you know, i think the biggest thing is um uh who was the famous uh, Notre Dame coach? Lou Holtz. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, you know, how do you motivate your players? Which is really your question. How do you motivate yeah. your players? And he says, I look for motivated players. And yeah. so I think that's the important key. Now, can you take motivated players and teach them how to play at a higher level? Sure. Absolutely. And I think that's the key. And, and, that, and that's, a scary, that's a scary result for a lot of folks. They want to hire almost anybody and have them perform. And that's you can't do that. So the, so the real key is... Get those motivated people 
and use coaching to make them higher. Bingo. As opposed to not coach them and use um, an old way of managing them and get rid of their motivation. Right, and, and they drift. Right. You just drift. And that's, the, right. and that's the gap between potential, you know, where they're at right now mm-hmm. and their potential, what the performance and potential in that gap. And what you want to do as a manager, you're never, going to, you're never going to completely collapse it, but if you can, you know, shorten, you know, press it together by 5 percentage points or 10 percentage points or 20 percentage points, and your team performs at a higher level, then all of a sudden uh, you do that. Brad's, Brad Stevens, the coach of Butler, and then became the uh, the Celtics coach. Uh, there are some just absolutely wonderful uh, videos online about his coaching skill. And, and he, he says that once his players realized he wanted to see them succeed, they mm. receive coaching much better. So I think that's probably the question you want to go to yeah. with what the question you were asking is, when will people be more receptive of your coaching? And they'll be more receptive of your coaching when they care, when they know you care so much about them that you want to see them succeed. Yeah. And then, you know, because, and, and then that, and that also influences the Pygmalion effect. And the Pygmalion effect is your view of people, they will live up to your view of them. Right. And so if your view of them is, I believe in you, I know you can do this. Uh, they will live up to that level. Now, the example we had earlier, uh, she had the Pygmalion effect. She believed in him, but this wasn't the right, right fit, and so it didn't work. Do these things work all the time? No. But do they put the, uh, you know, it's just like when you roll out cards in front of you, you don't always get the ace of spades. Mm-hmm. But once in a while you do. That's right. And you, what you want to do is you want to you learn the math of, of coaching so that you put the odds in your favor. Right. And belief, the Pygmalion effect. And then finding out people who want to be coached and then having, you know, and saying, I know you can do this. I believe in you. And, and that's the story I love to hear from people. I ask them, you know, who is the most influential person in your life getting you professionally here? And everybody has a story of mm-hmm. someone who sure. made, was influential, made an impact. And, and I ask them, you know, who that person was. And everybody has a story that they say, this person did this. And I didn't believe I could do this. And, and I did it. And they pushed me and they prodded me and they said, you can do this. And now I'm in a position where I never thought I could, would ever be in this position in my life, politi- you know, in, from, a, from a professional standpoint. And here they are. Excellent. Yeah. So it's just great. A, a great key. Very motivating. Yeah. It's a, it's a great thing. And then, but coaching can't fix everything. And this is a revelation I had today. So here's, here's a revelation okay. I had today. You know, coaching can't uh, fix anything. And but what it will do is if you do a coaching effectively and you ask enough questions and you get some you, you, you draw out on them and you really, really find out what's happening, coaching won't fix everything, but it can reveal many things. Mm. And you wanna you wanna get you wanna get that part where you're revealing what's happening in that person's life. And when she started to coach that person and she started to press him for that I told you earlier that wasn't succeeding and he wasn't getting it, but he was always saying the right things, she began to get a sense of, I think this guy's playing me. I ah. think he's just giving me all the right answers. And she, you know, and it's that cluster of evidence. She didn't have all the evidence at first to do that, but as she continued to coach them, she realized that this is not going to fit. She continued to press him, and guess what? He resigned, which is ultimately either you're a great employee here or you're a great employee someplace else. Right. But, you know, Going out my door, you're going to find the door of happiness. And so she sent him onto the door of happiness. But that's when it doesn't work. And But just because coaching doesn't work doesn't mean it's effective in most cases. And it's still effective in most cases. And the results you get overall are very, very powerful. But I think it's also very, very important for us in this podcast, to be honest with people, it's like, guess what? Right. Sometimes it fails. Right. And, that, and that's okay. But the key is that she learned from it is, as a manager, she learned how to be uh, more effective as a manager. She learned how to, um, you know, now the next time that somebody tries to play her, uh, she's got a rule book to, yeah. or a playbook to go back for. And go, eh, I've been down this path right. before. I, I've seen this before. 
So very good. Yeah. So it can't coaching can't fix everything, but it can reveal many things. Very good. Very good. Now, if people want to get a hold of you, ask you questions, or mm-hmm. find out what you have to offer, how do a- they get a hold of you? Absolutely, they can get a hold of me, and I, they can call me free anytime, uh, and I'll be happy to chat with them. But it's RoyRoland.com, R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com, and I'd be happy to chat. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Roland. For more information and content, visit RoryRoland.com.